Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan, and it's time for Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers in the company of two top comedians this evening, none other than Josh Howey and Leo Kirst. Yes, we have splashed the cash. We have broken the bank, but you get what you pay for. I'm Mark Dolan and welcome to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers in the company of two top comedians. This evening, the brilliant Josh Howey and the marvellous Leo Kurse. Uh, gentlemen, great to have you with us and uh, thank God the temperatures are sensible again. Oh, of course. Just how human. Well, we, we how... live in the United Kingdom. We didn't sign up for heat waves, did we? Well, how did it turn into winter? It's, it's suddenly <laughs> gone from like 35 degrees to like 12 degrees. I didn't bring a jacket. I could, I could die or get cold fingers. Yeah, yeah from well, Scotland. Exactly, yeah. This is your natural habitat, I'm, surely. I'm from Scotland, but I'm, I, feel, I feel very Ghanaian in terms, to, in terms of what temperature. That's like. what you dress like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very and you, you very much have the silhouette, let me tell you. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you here. Uh, we've got some smoking hot stories for you. But first, let's have a look at tomorrow's front pages. And we will start with the Sunday Telegraph. And here's what they're leading with. Unions bribing workers to strike. Britain's biggest trade unions have been accused by the business secretary, Kwasi Karteng, of bribing workers to go on strike after they doubled daily payments to those who take part in industrial action. Uneasy rider, Biden hits the road, uh, Joe Biden falling off his bicycle. And Camilla, Charles and I are like ships that pass in the night, probably explains for their happy marriage. Independent next, Tory MPs by-election warning to Johnson. Tory MPs warn a double by-election defeat this week will pile further pressure on Boris Johnson's leadership as the embattled PM tries to move on from the Partygate scandal. Rebels say Mr Johnson would suffer a loss of authority if the Conservatives were to lose Tiverton and Honiton, which would require one of the largest upsets in a by-election in order to overturn the Tories. Observer next, new strike chaos, as teachers and NHS staff warn of action on pay and migrants forced to pay thousands for UK care jobs. Sunday Mirror now. Dame Kelly, I am finally free to be me. Sports star reveals she has hidden being gay for 34 years and is now out and proud. Congratulations, Dame Kelly. Sunday Times, steal yourselves for a long war. PM warns the West. Allies urged to hold their nerve uh, in relation to the conflict in Ukraine. We must prove to Putin that we are not fickle, says the Prime Minister. Top of the pops. To mark Father's Day tomorrow, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge released a photograph of Prince William with their children, Charlotte, Louis and George. 
And end of the line for railway ticket offices as sales move online. Sunday Express next. Attorney General vows to complete Brexit, saying it's time to take control of our borders. And Daily Star Sunday. Seven years for World Club fling. He shoots, he scores, he's jailed. Qatar will get tough on sex and booze. World Cup footy fans hoping for a bit of extra time in the bedroom are being warned you'll be in behind bars if you have sex outside of marriage. Qatar says strict laws will not be relaxed for Brit supporters. Limey, that's a tournament in itself, isn't it? British fans celebrating the football. And those are your front pages. Uh, Josh, let's start with the Sun newspaper. And it's not looking good for the strikes, the rail strikes. They are coming. They are coming. We knew they were coming, but they're really coming now. Uh, and it's going to kick in next week, kicks in on Tuesday. And it's basically going to mess up the whole of the, that week. It's going to cost the economy billions. Yeah. Uh, the hospitality industry is going to lose about half a billion. Uh, and uh, it's lovely, though, that the uh, the general secretary of the uh, RMT, Mike Lynch, has, uh, who, by the way, earns about £120,000 a year, so he's doing all right. Uh, he insisted that they don't want to cause misery. Well, they are going to cause misery uh, for people who are there, are people who are trying to get to their exams, students. There are going to be people needing uh, hospital appointments that they've had booked in forever. Um, and he's basically said, uh, we've got a cost of living crisis. Our workers have been throughout the uh, working throughout the pandemic. I don't think that's 100 percent true. Like there was definitely less services and stuff. So a lot of them weren't working to that level. Yeah. And none of them got lost their jobs. And um, and the fact is, they're also he's also saying, oh, that um, it's a blow that they want that their pay rises. They're saying they're below inflation. Well, guess what? Everybody's salaries are now below inflation. Nobody is getting that 11 percent that it would take to get up to there. And it's just infuriating. And just one final thing before we open this up is it's just uh, he says we're not holding the public hostage. Uh, Yes, you are. And then he also just goes, uh, but we're not going to accept the poverty of our members. Poverty of our members, by the way, average uh, income for a train driver is £60,000. So what are they talking about? Poverty? Come on, mate. Uh, uh, This is the interesting thing, uh, isn't it, Leo, that this could be an easy political win for the prime minister if he stands up to the unions. Yeah, but I don't know if he's going to be able to actually break them and stop them striking. I mean, there's, uh, I think there's legal action you can take against uh, people who are striking. I know certain sections of the workforce, such as uh, police officers, aren't, aren't allowed to, to go on strike legally. Uh, but, I mean, can you force people? Uh, because, I mean, the ultimate thing is, I remember when I, when I broke my contract with a job and I just walked out of it, they said, you can't, you can't walk out. Uh, you've like on your contract, you've got this time left to to work. It's and I was like, well, what stripper thing, right? Yeah, I was like, what are you going to do? Like, fire me? You're going to fire me for not? I, like, I, I, you can't make me. You can't like handcuff me and make me work. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think these these strikers have got much of a leg to stand on. The whole country is suffering, particularly hardworking GB News panelists, and uh, and they, they were bailed out by the taxpayer to the tune of sixteen billion pounds over lockdown, and ticket sales are down twenty five percent. So it's not as if there's like a, a huge amount of money uh, flowing into the rail network to, to and, and they'll lose millions in rail fares this week. Yeah. Yep. 
You know, so it further sends our, our rail businesses into the red. Uh, you've got a similar story about strikes in the Observer. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So the strike chaos. It looks like other other areas of the the public sector are uh, not that you know rail workers are particularly public sector, but they they basically are. Uh, other areas of the public sector, the NHS and teachers unions are looking at what's happening in in the rail network and saying, well, we want a piece of that. So there could be a wave of 1970s style economic unrest spreading across the country from, from railways uh, to NHS workers and, and teachers. Um, and they've, they've interviewed some of, the, some of the teachers. So Andy Lewis, who's a teacher at a sixth form college in Sunderland, uh, says we've got admin staff saying that they can't afford the transport to, to come in. And it's like, well, yeah, it's just become a new excuse. Like, I'm sure they can't afford, like, you know, £2.50 or whatever to come in and do their jobs. But it's a nice day, so they don't want to come in. Somebody else says, uh, you know, my wife who's a friend who's a head teacher. Last week she had seven staff off because of the cost of living. It's become the new COVID. You can yeah. just get out of any, you know, absolve yourself of responsibility if the, the sun comes out. Because I've noticed these strikes, they're striking in June when the weather suddenly become nice and we want to go to the park and have a barbecue and, you know, go for a swim in the sea. Where, where, why weren't they striking in February when it's grim outside and you're just stuck inside watching Netflix for the 19th time. Well, yeah, and the thing is, Josh, uh, you would be of a left persuasion, but you're critical of these strikes. Well, I'm certainly more critical of the railway strikes. I mean, look, when it comes to the NHS mm. and teachers, you could argue that, yes, they deserve more money. Those As, are as much, do cops. As do cops, absolutely, as do the police, who haven't had a pay rise for a lot longer than, yeah. than all, the, uh, all, all these other um, uh, jobs. But, uh, but then at the same time, part of me is like... You know, teachers have just had like two years off for big chunks of it. The, uh, the, the NEU was not great, I thought, during lockdown. Their priority didn't seem to be towards children and children are still well, suffering. It was because the opposite of what because they pushed for, yeah, pushed for longer. Yeah, exactly. Unnecessarily, I, I yeah. think. So it is a little, I am frustrated towards that. But NHS, they should be getting paid more money and they, they, they need to be earning a decent But isn't living. the reality that we, we've got inflation now and the economy's broke? So any yielding to these pay demands will stoke inflation, well, which, exactly. which impacts the poorest in our society. I mean, in the 70s and in the Weimar Republic, we're stuck in a, in a wage uh, and price inflation spiral. So as you pay people more money, all of a sudden they've got more money to spend on things. So you know, what, the, the inflationary uh, problems are really caused by uh, supply chain issues and uh, a lack of uh, a lack of goods and a lack of energy coming into the market. So hopefully our inflation, even though it's in double digits, it'll be resolved once the energy crisis goes away, once yeah. we've you know ba- vanquished uh, Putin and everything gets back to normal. That's, but that's going to be about a year, year and a half. It's, but, it's, yeah. And it, it, is a, a it, it is a balance act. But then you look at places who don't have unions, comedians, uh, you know, they've tried to do a sort of union over the years. It's never worked. Well, you've got Guess a what? cigar chomping agent who demands, you know, yeah, big yeah, bucks. big, big bucks. But the reality is that comedy, it's not even dealing with inflation. I mean, gig rates have just gone down. I mean, yeah. they're... Well, they're the same as they were in the 90s. Oh, yeah. oh but yeah. lower now. Yeah. They're yeah. lower than they were. Yeah, but you're doing the same act as the 90s. <laughs> it's true. There is, what they want is new a, material. There's a lot of Diana stuff. Uh, so uh, do, we, do we think that uh, the West vanquishes... Uh, Russia, do you think that's the, the, the inevitable narrative is that we'll, we'll Putin vanquish, will fall? Yeah, we'll vanquish Russia and also hopefully we'll start developing alternative energy sources. So we'll develop, we'll open North Sea oil fields uh, like such as the Campbell field, which could be supplying all our oil and petrol needs. Uh, we'll, we'll get alternative, there'll be uh, liquefied gas uh, so sources nu- coming online. So nuclear buildings and nuclear, I mean, this is yeah. more long term, but yeah. Yeah. 
do you, I mean, do you, what is your timeline for this war to end in Ukraine, Leo? I think is it, year, is it months or Russia, years? Because the prime minister is, is is reported in the Telegraph in today's paper, today's Sunday Telegraph, saying, "Look, um, we've got to brace ourselves for a long battle here." Yeah, I mean, it's, it's turned into this war of attrition. But I mean, both sides are running out of ammunition. Russia's running out of its, uh, you know, more advanced, more accurate missiles, which actually is making the war worse for civilians because they're using inaccurate artillery, which is more likely to hit civilians instead of what it's it fired at. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's uh, hope we can hasten the end uh, of that conflict. But let's now look at another military story, the Independent. It turns out... Uh, that if you have mass orgies in the military, there are consequences. Who knew? Leo. That's right, yeah. So the new head of the British Army has cancelled a parachute regiment battalion's deployment to Bosnia and Kosovo following the release of a video, which you might have seen on WhatsApp and Telegram. Uh, oh, I've been trying to find it. Seemingly showing paratroopers... I paid uh, five ninety nine for it on my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Worth every penny. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, it was I mean, it shows the dangers of having, having videos. So, I mean, the uh, military police have looked at the video and determined uh, you know there's no crime committed it was all consensual but it's a bad look for uh, paratroopers to be engaging in an orgy uh, with a red-headed woman um, and the, so have the, you seen it? Then? I have seen it. And yeah. how many people are from this? Par- you know, there's 300 people in that regiment. Oh, there's not 300. That's not 300. No, it's okay. not. It's not one of them. Ron Jeremy didn't produce it. It's okay. uh, but I mean, there's there's a good few. There's more okay. than I'd feel with this with this one woman. Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, and apparently it's it's not just this, this one instant. Uh, she'd she'd been there before. Uh, but Sir Patrick, the new head of the, the British Army, uh, you know, clearly wants to make a stamp and you know is, is worried about the reputation of the army. He said it's unacceptable, corrosive, and detrimental to the army's reputation and could be construed to denigrate women. But I mean, some women, uh, some people, sometimes want to be denigrated. And having seen the video, it looked like one of those times. Mm. Uh, to you, right, uh, Josh, I know you were hoping to go to the World Cup and commit adultery, but I believe that your plans have been foiled. It is off. EasyJet has cancelled the flight as well, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> yeah, so this is in the Daily Star, and uh, basically anybody who is going to go out to the World Cup better keep it in their pants, like uh, like so the no, regiment is going to no, do. No paratroopers allowed no in paratro- Qatar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, extramarital... Uh, sex, uh, and, and we're not just talking about affairs, right? but if you have uh, any sex outside of being married, you could go to jail for seven years. Uh, that is the, the law in, in that country. Obviously, normally, I don't, and I think there is, is there alcohol, any alcohol? I think in the hotels, sometimes you can get hold of some alcohol. But if you're drunk and out and about, you could also be That's done for question. that stuff. I don't know what the rules are around alcohol, because that I know would in be the a, UAE, a money spinner for the big lager brands. You could it? definitely drink in the UAE, but I think Qatar is a little bit stricter on that. But certainly if you're found even in the UAE to be drunk publicly, mm. you will go to jail. Yeah, Pretty clear that, that uh, the authorities in Qatar are not willing to go woke for a month. No, and there's, there's the death penalty for, uh, for homosexuality. Uh, if, if you're a Muslim under Sharia law, I think if you're a, a Westerner um, and, and you're not Muslim and you go over there and have homosexual sex, you're still in a lot of trouble, but you don't get the death penalty. But yeah, so they, they don't have uh, the wokest of uh, regimes over there. And this, I mean, the World Cup is really going to expose the hypocrisy of all these woke sports people yeah. taking the knee and wearing the pride armbands because they're going to be taking the knee where hundreds of slaves died building those stadiums. And they're going to be wearing pride armbands, although they probably won't be wearing them in Qatar. Uh, in a place yeah. where there's a death penalty for homosexuality. Yeah. It's Contemporary slavery uh, seems to be completely acceptable. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's so bizarre. It's slavery that we could actually do something about yeah. and fix. 
is is allowed to go unchallenged and uh, and slavery that happened 400 years ago 800 years ago is the yeah know, the worst yeah thing. yeah yeah but leo two quid t-shirts <laughs> well is all i'm saying yeah, yeah i mean so sex is off the menu as well as pork uh, who knew um you said that in a very flirty way, Josh. <laughs> the pork. Could be the same thing. Pork, yeah, yeah. Uh, our next story comes from... how you eat pork. <laughs> Get a room. Family show. Uh, this is in the Sunday Times, and who better to explore the psychological makeup of women than our own Leo Kass? But I thought you were going to say our own women. I mean, <laughs> I could have transitioned in, uh, in the interim. But, You've got um, a female side, haven't you? I do, I do. Well, I've got I've a wife. seen you naked. <laughs> it's very <laughs> unusual. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you seen a doctor about that? <laughs> a female side. That would, that would give me a limp. But um, <laughs> uh, this, this is actually a really interesting story. So this is about uh, women used to vote more conservatively mm. than men. And now uh, they're voting more, much more left-wing than mm. men. So... Um, Back in the polling by JL Partners suggests about 30% of men are set to vote Tory in the next election, compared with 27% of women. Uh, yet 55% of women are going to back Labour, compared with 42% of men. Now, traditionally, women were more likely to vote uh, conservatively because men were in trades, trades unions, so you know they, they voted Labour, and uh, women were more religious, so they tended to, to vote more conservatively. Um, and now that's changing with women in the workplace, uh, and uh, also with the politicisation of issues such as, uh, such as abortion. Um, so uh, women are, are voting in a more liberal fashion. Uh, but it's, it's, it's quite nuanced. So, you know, women are more liberal on, on a lot of uh, modern issues. So they're more likely to think that a transsexual woman is a woman, such as me. Uh, they are, but on other topics, uh, they, they think that 50% of women think there's too much reliance on welfare and benefits in Britain today. Um, Nazis. Which, yeah, which is more than men. Only 48% of men yeah. think there's too much reliance Good on old benefits. men. Yeah, I mean, look, the good news for the Conservatives is that Labour are doing everything in their power to alienate women. So <laughs> by going on about how women have penises. So good luck with that strategy, Labour. I wonder about the sort of timeline in relation to the trans debate, because my feeling is that it's still a sort of minority discussion at the moment. It's not a mainstream issue for voters but that's because it hasn't really affected them yet in a direct way. I Do think, you not think the trans debate is still a bit abstract for most voters? I think that the more that we see the stuff that's happening in sport, yeah. the more cases happen, uh, rapes in prison, I think people are becoming much more... Because I think most people, we just go, yeah, sure, people, trans women are women, or, and all that, you know, when it... I'll call people what they want to be called. People want to be kind, they want to be good human beings, that's fine. But when you see there are actually instances where we need to debate stuff through, where women are losing their rights... And as it becomes more apparent, I think we are seeing it. They just did a big poll this week. And it's interesting because a lot of people are using the poll to represent different parts of the position. But even in this article, they're saying uh, 48% of women think that trans women are women. But that the way that the the question was framed and the person that used to work, who did the questions actually used to work for Stonewall at their heading their education. So they, I don't believe that 48%... For their mind, they're thinking of someone who's been through surgery and has lived as a woman for years. You know, whereas the reality is 95% of people who identify as a trans women are fully intact males. Uh, and a lot of them haven't had any hormones or anything like that. They just basically, some of them have beards and they just wear a skirt and go, I'm a woman. But there is a thing called outgroup solidarity. So discriminated groups feel more solidarity with other discriminated groups, which, you know, might explain why women feel more sympathy for transgender women and are more likely to see them as, as women. 
Uh, to write a fascinating debate. Well, that's we should get some women on one. this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm right here. Sorry, yes. Let's transform. Leo's got a female side. Don't forget that. He does have that side. Just it runs across his back and then down his nether regions. Uh, that's it for part one of the show. Lots more coming up. A man refuses to answer whether he's pregnant. Oddly shaped ambulance staff and the scourge of holiday homes. See you shortly. I'm Mark Dolan. Welcome back to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers. Tonight, in the company of the dangerously talented Josh Howie and Leo Curse. Let's go to the Sunday Telegraph now. And just when you thought giving blood was difficult enough, Josh, more bad news. Yes, yeah, so a man, Leslie uh, Sinclair, 66 years old, he has given 125 pints of blood over the years. And uh, this is in Scotland, by the way, which is the ground zero for gender woo uh, in the UK. <laughs> And he went along to give blood and they said, could you tell me where you're pregnant or not? And he was like, this is an absolutely ridiculous question to ask me. Uh, And they were like, well, we're not going to take your blood. And that was that. Um, Brilliant. And uh, Professor Mark Turner, who's the director of the Scottish National Blood Transfusion Service, said uh, that whilst pregnancy is only a relevant question to those uh, whose biological sex or sex assigned at birth is female, let's just stop right there. Sex assigned at birth. There's no such thing as sex assigned at birth. There mm. is sex observed at birth for 99.98% of the world's population. It's observed. Willy, vagina. That's it. Mm. And it's absolutely ridiculous that this kind of stuff is taking over to that Can level. you not say... Willy, uh, Willy no. Vagina is a country and western star. Uh, He's an absolute legend. He was in jail for 10 years, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) I've got his uh, third album. But yeah, he says says, uh, those whose biological sex or sex assigned at birth is female. But I mean, if if your sex is assigned at birth is female and it's wrong, then you won't be able to get pregnant. So, I mean, he's incorrect saying that. It's purely if your biological sex is female, you can get pregnant. Uh, what terrifies me is that it's now medics who are signing up to this anti-scientific nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. You see it in COVID with, you know, renowned virologists still banging on about lockdowns and surgical masks. Yeah. It's like they're living in a parallel universe. And also the volume of unnecessary questions that you've got to, and tick boxes you've got to tick when you, when you go through any medical procedure or, you know, anything, anything now. There's just, there's a, it feels like every year there's a couple of extra pages you've got to fill in mm. regarding your gender and, you know, your biological sex and whatever it is, you know, your, and it, it's just expanding. It's expanding. All this stuff is just expanding to take up all our available bandwidth. Yeah. And I think we could save yeah. so much time and money if we just got well, rid of it. But also my five-year-old daughter, she had to get like some, get some could injection. Be a, could be a daughter. Could be a daughter. Well, no, it said put a big pull down. I mean, I've met her and I thought, what is that? <laughs> this is this being... I have to be honest with being you. Produced. That's good to know. I'll tell her when... Thank you. You'll see her tomorrow, by the way, at the farm's market. Oh, dear, that'll be uh, awkward. And I'll say, look what Uncle Mark... I'll just say, uh, hello, <laughs> hello, they, them. <laughs> they, yeah. But it did ask. It said, what what gender does this does your child identify as? A five-year-old little girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I, can I... Yeah. Before we get to our next story, um, can I sort of suggest that we, we actually do die on this hill? Oh. <laughs> because this, this poor old bloke, right, for a quiet life, he could have just sort of said, I'm not yeah. pregnant and got on with his day. 
But he decided, no, this is a test case for common sense, yeah. mm. a test case for the truth and reality. And actually, isn't it important that normal, clear minded, right minded people do die on this hill? Because uh, if you let it go, it, it just continues. Well, that's, people have been letting it go now for the last five years. This is why this pernicious ideology has gotten so far, because it came from a good place of acceptance, whatever. But when it gets into, like, denying science or imp- impacting upon women's hard-fought rights, or, we got a problem. Or if a lesbian is transphobic yeah, for, for not being attracted... To, to a, a man to, who identifies as a woman. Absolutely. And so, the bullying that's gone along in these yeah. issues. The wheel is turning. But well, I absolutely There was an article uh, in, in one of the papers about how um, lesbians were being told that uh, a trans woman's penis is not like a straight man's penis. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Well, it's yeah. not because they take hormones and stuff. But I mean, it's still, you know... Well, it felt oh, very yeah. similar to send me, me. Send me the video. But, uh, but I mean, the sad thing is somebody is going to die. Somebody is going to yeah. die because they're not getting the blood. He wasn't able to donate the blood yeah. because of this ridiculous tick box thing. Yeah. And, uh, and as a result, you know, somebody, that, that blood's needed for yeah. Although he was a Scottish man, do you want that blood? <laughs> <laughs> I want that blood. Is this that's, the hill you're going to die on? That's how we asking live. Asking for a friend. <laughs> do you want that blood? It'll go into haggis. UK. <laughs> uh, the Observer next. And why are so many paramedics odd-shaped, Leah? <laughs> I'm not sure if the paramedics are oddly shaped or the new vehicles that they've got uh, aren't the right shape for them. So uh, staff and ambulance service have claimed they're unable to drive the new ambulances because of their height and body shape. So the East of Eng- England Ambulance Service has rolled out, they've spent £54 million pounds, uh, on these converted Fiats to replace their, their previous Mercedes vans, which I think were slightly larger. Uh, but apparently 160 staff members have had problems and of, of these 94 were unable to drive the vehicle. So the pedals are too close together. Uh, so you can't, like, with your work boots on, you, you hit all the pedals at once. Uh, I mean, this is basically just me in any car, to be honest. Uh, but some other, some other issues, uh, back pain, limited space for legs, li- uh, restricted view of the windscreen, and an emergency responder in the back was severely burned by a heater. So they've got all Only these... there was an ambulance there to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it's probably the fastest anybody's been treated. Yeah. They were already in... The uh, the treatment zone, but yeah, like uh, they, they're aware of the issues and they're working to address them. But it's people over five foot nine. So first of all, they they brought out this report saying that they've got to standardise uh, all of the ambulances across the UK, however much that report cost. Then they buy all these things and then they did all this extensive testing and then they figured out afterwards, oh, mm. if you're over five foot nine, guess what? It's not going to work well for you and they're not they're not usable. Yeah. And you, and you want tall first responders. You want somebody who's able to like carry you down a flight of stairs. Oh, totally. You don't want some, you know, little. You, you want you want Chris yeah. Hemsworth, don't you? Not yeah. Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'd want I'd want both of them. Like uh, Danny DeVito can take my feet, and Chris Hemsworth can take my arms. I'll just yeah. take anybody if they would just turn up within a reasonable amount of time. Uh, the other troubling aspect of this story is that they are replacing the vans, um, and they're now going to be Fiat's. Yeah. Mm. Right. Do you want to die in a Fiat? <laughs> yeah, you want to be in a Mercedes. It's a right? terrible way to go, it. isn't it? Don't you think? <laughs> is this the is this the worst thing about NHS cutbacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've yeah. gone from Mercedes to Fiat. Well, we're going to be uh, Skodas pretty soon. Actually, Skodas. Hey, Skodas, Skodas, Skodas are good. I got a Skoda. Skodas. Are great. Somebody's obviously bought a Skoda. I got a Skoda. <laughs> now, what's the ones that are that are terrible? Now they start with D. And they're, it's like oh, six grand for well, a new one. Well, they're, they're they're budget rather than terrible, but right. I think they're called um, uh, Dacia. That's right. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah. yeah. 
They're well, expensive. Well, oh, really? Yeah, well, old Leo Kirst will be driving one of those soon. Don't worry about that. Let me tell you, if he keeps going at this rate, um, <laughs> let's uh, crack on because it turns out there might be a common condition that partly explains some of the prison population's bad behaviour. Josh, what's going on Is that what you jail? call it? Bad behaviour? It's so <laughs> naughty. Those naughty, naughty prisoners. This sort of seemed obvious to me. I'm surprised that it's taken that so long. But essentially, yeah, in the Observer, one in four UK prisoners, they're saying, have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm. And that has something, you know, that's affecting you as a young person. Obviously, that would affect you through school. You're not going to say focus. It's going to then affect you as you move out into the real world. Uh, it's affecting the prison population because it has, uh, I think you're up to eight times more likely to commit violence uh, to d- part of dealing with this condition. The, so what they're saying now is let's test everybody as they go in, which is supposedly quite an easy thing because they're already testing mm. people for mental health issues. Let's add some questions on to see if they are have ADHD. And if and, they're pregnant. Yeah, and if they're pregnant as well. That's always a very important thing. Um, and then uh, it, it is treatable through with using therapy and also using uh, medication. Yeah. So it, this could have a really big impact. It can also affect people in terms of um, them uh, coming out when they come out and uh, recidivism rates and whatever. Yeah. So this is it's great. I just it seems like why how's it taken so long to get to this and it, point? It seems low. It's just I mean they're saying one in four as a, as yeah. a high amount, but I'd, I'd have thought rates of ADHD would be much higher. I mean I think they're quite high in, in comedians. I, I do a, funnily enough I do a podcast with three other comedians, and three of us like we started talking about ADHD and then decided to get diagnosed because none of us can focus, none of us can you know sit down and work unless the deadline's five minutes yeah. away. Mm. Well, every three of them have been diagnosed. I haven't been yet, but I'll, I'll get diagnosed as well. And also we all took the the medication and all of a sudden we can work and we can focus and we can sit still and read and advance but it, it basically it feels like a, uh, it's meow, meow. a low you're level so of pumped up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not on it. No, I'm not on it yet. No. Okay, okay, fine. But I've just had a banana. But um, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So I think I think a lot more people in the population have got ADHD than, than know about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, well, I had that too, and I, I, I now enjoy a heady mix of chat and meow meow, and I've never thought that. <laughs> a little bit of Nescafe Gold Blend. Is that your cat? Someone who knows his drugs, though. <laughs> Whatever happened to meow meow? No, come on, bring it, but they need to do a Channel 5. It used TV to be show. a legal high, didn't it, the meow meow? <laughs> That would be. You just like saying meow meow. It's just gold, isn't it? Uh, that would be another terrible way to go, wouldn't it? An overdose yeah. of meow meow <laughs> in a fiat ambulance. But you know what? Spice came in and took over. Do you, you know, you know yes, about I, spice? Yes, I do. Can I, I say, with my acid reflux, it's not an option? <laughs> yeah, not at my age, especially not after a lambuna. Um, folks, let's uh, head to the metro now. And bad news for parents wanting to take their kids. On term time holidays, Leo, which will be you soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah it will be. Because, I mean, if you take your kids on holiday, uh, when, when it's school holidays, the holidays are very expensive. So if, if you take your kids during term time, it's much cheaper to go on holiday. But the government is planning on fining you, issuing fixed penalty notices, which will be £120. Uh, I think that's per child. So if you take yeah. a couple of kids out, this can, this can add up. Still probably save you the money you're saving. On the Airbnb, it's going to be worth it. But uh, but it's not just holidays. So parents whose children have had five days of unauthorised absences or lateness within one term um, or are out in public during the first five days under exclusion uh, will face uh, the same fixed penalty notice. Uh, and I think during lockdown, because, you know, schools weren't open, so, you know, children fell behind in their work 
and also um, you know weren't used to going to school. So there's maybe some ad- adjustments to be made in actually attending school. So this is the government. You know they've done some nudging. Now they're going to hit you with some fines if your if your kid isn't at school. Well, I think it's also large that because I think different councils have different rules. So this is sort of ending what they're saying is a postcode lottery as to whether you would get fined or not. I think it's good to have kids in schools. I also think as someone with a lot of kids and not much money, um, it's that makes a difference. You book one day or another day to the side of the holiday it like halves the price. And when you, I've got five kids, it's been a nightmare yeah. trying to book flights or trying to go on holiday, you know, over the last, or before COVID. Um, so mm. I don't, it's I'm, just frustrating because it feels a bit rich to me where they're going, yes, it's great. Let's get the kids back in school. At the same time, you're like, well, where was that priority? I don't want to keep on going on about it. It's just that my kids are still suffering the impact I know. of it. Uh, they're behind in their spelling and all these basic things. And you're, you must be angry. I am angry because it, it was just so frustrating. Even when they, the science was coming through, it was like, you're, okay, I got it that first few months. But later on, right, it was like, right, come right, on, man. Right. These guys are not, it does not work doing it through Zoom. And it was patently clear that COVID does not kill children. Yeah. End of. And I don't, I'm not going to caveat yeah. it, because is it in rare... No, yeah, no. Yeah. COVID doesn't kill kids. And, and there were people working in the supermarket. Well, then the teachers could also work. And I know that some schools are open for the, to it dealing with bonkers. some of the children. But it was just like, this is actually harming our children. And, they are, and like I say, they're still suffering now. I wasn't that bothered. Well, yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> no. But now they're going to slap a yeah. fine on you if you go on holiday during yeah. term yeah. time. Would, um, I don't would, have this problem. Because, well, would you, I mean, would you, because yeah. with five kids, would you still consider taking them on holiday? Well, I think holidays can actually be really educational for kids. Of you get, is, you, yeah. You're in a different environment, different languages, different culture. Yeah, like a sort of strip bar in yeah. Vegas would be yeah, very yeah. eye-opening Absolutely. for a 10-year-old. Totally. You can yeah. go and see Learn the, about gambling. Drag queen story time. So you're not missing out on any school, really. So, um, so yeah, but I remember my mum took us to Greece. Uh, during term time and I saw an octopus is that right? yeah and you know learned uh, about octopuses everything and here you are now yeah, instead of learning about <laughs> triangles or whatever they teach you in school yeah it, it, I just, it, for me it's just like let's have a bit of leeway yeah. on the day or two before or after yeah. holiday we, yeah. we've, we've grappled I've got two as you know and we've grappled with this issue about you know when to go on holiday what we do Mrs Dolan and I we go away and we leave the kids uh, in the care of a German shepherd Alsatian called Rusty, <laughs> which I can highly recommend. And she takes them to school, Rusty. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rusty's uh, mildly uh, bipolar, but uh, as long as he gets enough food, he's all right. <laughs> uh, that's it for part two. Uh, don't go anywhere because we have saved our best till last. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've got stolen bees, the purse <laughs> of Tutankhamun, and the accelerating secularism of the United States. We are... A broad church here on Headliners. See you shortly. Welcome back to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers with me, Mark Dolan, and tonight in the company of the brilliant comedians Josh Howie and Leo Curse. Now, have you ever wondered where all of those who died in the Battle of Waterloo's bodies are? Well, me neither. But here's Leo to tell us all about it in The Telegraph. 
Yeah, so apparently 50,000 people uh, died in the decisive battle of Waterloo, which marked the end of the Napoleonic Wars, but they they found virtually no remains from the battle. And this really confused historians and scientists. And they found out apparently the bones of the fallen soldiers may have been ground down to be used as fertiliser and spread on Britain's crops, according to new new research done by the University of of Glasgow. And uh, yeah, so um, apparently the bones bone meal is incredibly good for, for crops so they stole Yummy. they stole and there's grave robbers as well stealing stuff but the yeah the bones were uh, were all uh, brought to, mm. to feed our crops and, and that was it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happened uh, after the First World War, that the battlefields of the Somme were, were the most sort of green and yeah. beautiful fields you've ever seen. No so way. For exactly the same yeah. reason, yeah. yeah that no, and that's an actual, it's not just a, a myth, because I know they say no. it in Ukraine as well, they say our, our crops grow so well because they're fertilised with the, the bones of all the yeah. dead people who tried to invade us. That's and I've got to say, this is the hilarity about veganism, which is that if you try to go vegan, that's fine, but uh, a lot of vegetables that are grown are um, assisted by bone meal yeah. in, in the soil, oh. which helps vegetables yeah. grow. So yeah. even if you're vegan, you can't actually avoid an animal intervention somewhere along right. the line. Yeah. And also Waterloo, I found this out, the Battle of Waterloo wasn't at Waterloo. It was in Belgium at a place it was called... Cross, wasn't it? Called, yeah. It was Belgium at a place called Waterloo. We don't know why they named this place in Belgium after a tube station, but... <laughs> It's a little joke. Yeah. No, sorry. That was good. I was just trying to... Yeah. I was genuinely confused there. I was like... Yeah. I was like, I really don't know my joke. Leo's telling a joke. Enough. No, I'm, not, I'm not used to this. Sorry. You just tapped me under the table. This is, this is the bit where you laugh, mate. And it's that level of comedic material for which we pay the big bucks. Yeah, absolutely. That's Watch why he's got that Tesla note. coming. To your right. To your right. Uh, well, let's move on now. Uh, onto an ethical quandary from the Sunday Times. Exploiting children's minds for profit, Josh. Yeah, but how is this new? So basically, app designers deliberately are manipulating the young kids up, you know, from the age of four, really, to uh, make purchases or to stay on the app longer. It's like, yeah, that's what they do. But it's like a lot of them are doing it. They're calling it dark patterns. This is like what they're doing behind the scenes, which is uh, these manipulative design tricks. Um, and they're sort of saying, you know, you can play with these cute animals for a tiny fee. Ask your parents. Mm. Uh that's what a pop-up message is. The worst one, I don't know if you know, those ones where you have to, like, watch this thing for, like, 20 seconds. And then... But the, then they cleverly, like, put the X, but it's not the real X. They're like... It's, got, it's like a... And then it takes you through to this other... There's all this horrible stuff they do. You know what? I'm going to go counter here. I'm going to say... And I, this is as someone who has small children on their iPads. Thank God. Uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing because it teaches them early how these corporations or whoever it is is trying to manipulate you they want nothing is free and you've yes. got to work out how to man- work around the system to get what you want so i think it's a good thing so are, are your kids quite wise to it that's what i'm saying they're right. Right. even the four-year-olds just like figured it all out how yeah. to get rid of this stuff realize it's all alone and then they're going to grow up cynical mm. and realizing that they're being played that they just people want to make money off them just like their dad <laughs> but yeah, some some of this stuff. So the Russian uh, Russian government um, is using apps, using games. Uh, that, so they, I, I don't know how they get them onto the phones of children in Ukraine. But um, so children in Ukraine are using these uh, ga- games where they take photographs 
of assets, things that could be targets, oh, and they geotag them. Wow. Uh, and they don't know. They don't know that they're geotagging them. And then the, it's been like some Pokemon-type game where you've got yeah, to go out. Exactly. Like, exactly. And then, so messed up. And then, so the Russian, Russian army knows, you know, what assets haven't been destroyed wow. and, you know, where to, so, you know, bridges and things like that and, and where they are. So it's, it's really sinister. That is amazing. I hadn't oh, heard that before. That's Russia strange. aren't the good guys. <laughs> yeah, but I also do respect that level of evilness. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird that that's so uh, sort of well thought out, but yeah. the, the rest yeah. of their army is it's, an absolute shambles. Yeah, that's yeah. really great. It's very telling that uh, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't let his kids go on Facebook and that Steve Jobs did not let his children use an iPad. Right. Yeah. Go figure. Mm. Um, moving uh, on now to psychiatry, uh, which I guess is similar to the last story, and it seems neuroticism is on the rise. What is it, Leo? So there's a new edition of uh, the Psychiatrist's Handbook. It's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And it, oh. it comes out. It's a big, <laughs> very expensive, quite dry scientific tool. I've got a copy of it, and the pages are all stuck together. I'm actually, I'm actually sitting on a copy of it, just to try, get, <laughs> try to get up to Leo's height. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, despite being this, you know, very dry, very expensive scientific textbook, the latest edition is shot to the top of the bestseller lists. Mm. So people are buying this this book, uh, and psychiatrists have included because normally it's only bought by psychiatrists and me- mental health professionals. But there's a rising interest in mental health, possibly driven by uh, the pandemic. We're all we all sat inside and self reflected for a, for a couple of years. It's and the worst thing you can do. Yeah, never yeah. never self reflect. <laughs> yeah, you need to get outside and, and scream and yeah, not. Uh, not just think about things, but now that we're all worried about our, our mental health, um, people are people are mm. taking interest in all this stuff. That's it, but it costs seventy four pounds, and that seems like a lot of money. But if you can go to a therapist, it's expensive. Yeah. So if you can self diagnose, then you're saving a fortune. Yeah, that's yeah. about half a session. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how much you pay on? I don't know. I've never yeah. gone to a therapist because I'm a real man. <laughs> you, I just bottle it, that. bottle it up, bottle yeah. it up. That's that's the right way to just oh, get I'm a drinking problem. Uh, that's how you should deal with it. See, my wife's a therapist, so it's like oh, so you get it for free. free. You get it for free. Oh but my god, quite good. But, but then not... she knows all your problems. Well, I would hope that she would anyway. Mm. Surely, yeah, it's no. great. She might be the source of some of them. <laughs> yeah, I got, but then I see another therapist. So why about that therapist? <laughs> Uh, for my mental health, I just go on Russian gaming apps. I just <laughs> yeah. yeah. buy loads of tokens. Take photos of Big Ben. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would do it. Uh, Big Ben being a good friend of mine. Uh, let's move on now to the Mail on Sunday and a story of the perfect robbery, but one for uh, uh, its notable fatal flaw. Josh. Yeah, this is a great story. Uh, someone stole thousands of bees, actually 400,000 bees, from this uh, estate in, in a Cornish country estate. Uh, it's five hives, so 80,000 bees in each hive. Stole these bees. Guess what? Bees are returning. The bees are going back to the original hives. They built it back to the original place. Like, they've got, obviously got some sort of homing beacon. That's or, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, they're ho- so, but because of that, uh, if it's within a mile, then you, um, that, that they will return back to you. So they know there's probably another uh, beehiver, beekeeper, yeah. whatever. And, uh, like, who else is it going to be? Like, they're sort of saying, it's like, <laughs> they're like, God, they're, they've sort of worked out. It's like, God, it's not Poirot doesn't need to sort of go, hmm. Yeah, no, nobody so just who wants else these, is just going to steal? Nobody wants these things for the living room. 400,000 yeah. you know, bees. <laughs> but they, how many the guy bees? walking around in a net. Well, that's it, exactly. How yeah. many beekeepers are within a mile of yeah. this estate? It's, surely that's not that hard to find yeah. uh, who's done it. But and who's got a lot of new bees? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, your honey is doubled over yeah. the last... Or somebody uh, that looks stung. 
Perhaps. <laughs> Just they're professionals. Yeah. They're professionals. I mean, I guess the lesson is don't steal things that can fly. Yes. Because they'll yeah. fly back to where they came from. Would do it. Sweet justice, isn't it? Well, moving on now, speaking of criminal ineptitude, this gang of lawbreakers seems to be a bit bananas, Leo. Yeah, well, Czech police have seized over 907 kilograms of cocaine. That would keep us going for a weekend with a street value of £68 million after it was mistakenly delivered to supermarkets hidden in banana shipments. So workers in several supermarkets across uh, Czechoslovakia, or um, is it still Czechia? Yeah, it's called now, Czechia. Prague and... Yeah, the Czech Republic. Republic. So they they found these packages, cubes of cocaine in banana crates. Uh, So someone's in a lot of trouble. Uh, you don't lose six to eight million pounds worth of cocaine and just get, you know, just get your, your pay docked. I think somebody's going to be found yeah. with, uh, you know, at the bottom of whatever river goes through. Check. But I, what I think is funny is, did, do we know that all the supermarkets actually did turn in their bananas? Like, I'm wondering if the police went to a supermarket and said, you got these tracks, you got these bananas, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah we got the bananas. Did you find anything in them? No. No, don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> exactly. Um, too right. We'll look uh, on that rather uh, narcotic note. We'll move on to the mail on Sunday. And Americans stray from God's light with every passing year, Josh. Yes. I, I mean, this seems like an amazing statistic to me. 81% of Americans believe in God. Although they said here Americans are turning their back on church, so they're not including Muslims or Jews. Yeah, but they also Jesus. believe in Joe Biden, which is just silly. <laughs> yeah, but not 81%. So, so uh, I suppose that's that, but that is down six percentage points from uh, 2017. So the last sort of five years or so, that's, mm. that's quite a big drop. Um, and, uh, but that's, it, it's amazing to think that, I mean, I know they go on about it all the time, like God this, God that, but they also believe uh, a lot of them, uh, 68% of those who are between 18 and 29, though, uh, it's, it's gone down 10% in the last. So it's a, it's a bigger drop amongst the young, which is what you would yeah. possibly accept, because I think they've been replaced with a new religion uh, of gender identity. Anyway. Uh, and, and, and a sort of leftist wokeism. Yeah, exactly. But um, at nine, in 1967, they're saying that 98% of Americans believed in God. That's a huge... I mean, that seems like a sort of almost fundamentalist Yeah, that's like figure. a medieval times yeah. figure. It's, it's crazy. But America's always had this incredible faith in itself. Yeah. And uh, I guess a part, God is a big part of that, even yeah. though it's a secular country. And uh, I remember being in America in, in uh, Times Square. I saw Independence Day. You know the, the film where Will Smith Mate, uh, fights the aliens? Mate, we know Independence and, Day. We, and, uh, we have seen that film many, many times. At the end. I mean, it's a great film. But at yeah. the end, everyone in the yeah, cinema yeah. started chanting, USA, yeah, USA. The that's, that's the genius of that. Yeah, I mean, America is the real religion, isn't it? I mean, uh, Leo, do you think that America is in long-term decline? Because I fear it is. Uh, Yes and no. I think it's definitely going through a phase, a a restructure, a social restructuring. I think it could uh, end up going through a, a sort of enlightenment and, you know, banishing all this sort of wokeism nonsense. Because at the moment, the, the woke the stuff is killing its great cities like Los Angeles and yeah, San I mean, it's Francisco, certainly, isn't well, it? There is pushback I mean, it's not, in San Francisco. It's not killing. I mean, I think, that, I think reports of its death are greatly mm. overestimated. I mean, there's a lot, lot more crime and vagrancy and things like that. But, I mean, there's a lot of crime and vagrancy in the 70s. These are, these are things you can recover from. Mm. And I think, you know, it, it'll end up like a, a dare I say, a more European uh, country. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I, I, there was one statistic I thought was quite interesting where it said 42% of the people polled uh, believe that God hears the prayers and acts on them, but only 28% think that God hears the prayers and i.e. basically does nothing. So right. if God is there and able to 
hear and has the power to at least hear the stuff, do you think, why, why wouldn't God just uh, answer me? It's, it's an interesting. Do you guys believe in God, by the way? Yeah, I believe, believe in the human, human spirit. I believe in God. I, I believe in faith. Okay. Yeah, and I believe that it's important that all human beings know that they are insignificant, that yes. we are just a temporary blip. Absolutely. In the wider universe. And what's great about all religions is they all teach you that you are very small and you are very temporary. Yeah. Or I was you... raised a Roman Catholic, um, so I guess I'm, I'm mildly religious. Yeah. I mean, I had my mum to teach me that, so I was lucky, as well as a religion. Well, that would help. Yeah. That would definitely help. Um, well, look, we've got a challenge. Three mm-hmm. stories in three minutes. Can it be done? Let's do it. Uh, classical so. classicism from Sunday's Metro, Leo. Yeah, so somebody in the Metro who went to a private school from the age of 11 to 18, it was £30,000 a year, mm-hmm. uh, then met some uh, regular people, state-educated people, such as me. Were you state-educated? No, of course. Oh, you weren't? Okay. Sorry. Well, you come across very state-educated. I'm yeah, sorry. I only say George wasted that money. <laughs> <laughs> but she found out that, uh, that you know, state-educated people are just normal people. The mm-hmm. thing she says is absolutely mad. Yeah. So she, she moved to London to start a master's in journalism, which doesn't seem to come across in this. It's quite badly written. But mm-hmm. as she walked into the lecture hall on that first day, I immediately realised how wrong I had been for the first 22 years of my life. Everyone in that room was, I realised, very similar to me. They wore the same high street bands, chatted about brands, chatted about the same shows on Netflix, and all perceptively shared the same common interests and ambitions for the future. I mean, what, what did she think? It's just a school. But what she probably learned is that those people are better at violence than she is. Because <laughs> if I witnessed this kind of pomposity, I would be... Oh my angry. God, it's amazing. But she also writes, uh, I came into contact with state-educated pupils on holidays and in restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> you, I went to McDonald's once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on her. That was her trips to uh, Five Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's quite shocking. But there you go. The, 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 the media elite once again. Uh, the mask slips, doesn't it? Um, how about this Sunday Telegraph? Uh, petty journalism, legendary consequences. Yeah, so uh, the origin of the Tutankhamun's curse finally revealed. It mm. turns out it was from a Daily Mail journal. Those Daily Mail journalists, even back then, getting up to naughty stuff. And uh, but the time when it when the oh. when the t- when the tomb was opened, it basically the Times was given exclusivity, and that really upset this Daily Mail journalist, who then sort of came up with this whole idea of the co- tomb. Saying all of that, a bunch of people did die in the art, and they're saying, and this is what they say for the last paragraph, which is sort of ridiculous. As they go, oh, by the way, a bunch of people did die probably because of bacteria released uh, from the tomb from those first people who went. It's like, why are you leaving that to last paragraph <laughs> yeah, of this crazy. massive story? <laughs> crazy. Uh, speaking of massive, uh, the star on Sunday is... Uh Something uh, that we're going to finish on, sex dolls. Well, so, Leo, Leo, you're going to finish on the sex doll, is that right? That's right. Not for the first yeah. time. <laughs> well, I mean, they've, they've come a long way, uh, so no pun intended. Yeah. But um, sex dolls, when I, when I was a youth, they were this badly, they cost about five ninety nine, and they were inflatable, and uh, you could cut yourself very easily on the seams. Now they're super realistic, uh, synthetic girlfriends, and this guy who calls himself YouTube's Hugh Hefner of sex dolls, claims that the secret to his happiness is the accept of his horde of synthetic girlfriends who I've got I hate to break it to him but they're not real mm. uh, so they're not accepting you they're just lying there but they, they call him some sort of YouTube uh, superstar yeah. uh, and he's got <laughs> 200 subscribers yeah, this is great <laughs> but uh, I never had the lung capacity for a sex doll that's, that's, that's my okay. excuse oh, I'm at that age where once I'd blown her up I would probably have a nap on her <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, why you want this song. The only fluids on her face would be just dribble <laughs> from my sleep. 
Very nice. Unnerving. Yeah, that is a, that that is a shocking image, image isn't it? <laughs> that, that'll be the last time I speak the truth on this show. <laughs> Gentlemen, what a brilliant conversation it's been. Do come back soon. The remarkable Leo Curse and Josh Howie. Thank you for your company. Uh, we are back for Headliners tomorrow at 11. And I'm in the hot seat for Mark Dolan tonight. Really busy show. Can't wait uh, to see you then. So keep it GB News. We are here 24 hours a day. Lovely to have your company. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 